morning, everybody. Can you hear me? I turned it on first time this morning. I remember where it was. <laughs> At Bible study, we've been studying the, uh, for a few weeks, with interruptions, the story of Joseph's life, yeah? Of how God had a plan for his life, all the ups and downs he had to get there in the end, but God got him there in the end, yeah? And it's just a wonderful story, but it's a good example of what God wants to do in our lives, yeah? That relationship he wants to have. And there's lots of life bits in it, but I like the last bit where he was in the prison. God raised him up that very day to be the prime minister, the second in command of the kingdom, yeah? Just remember, that's what God can do with our lives, yeah? Now, it wasn't an easy life. He had to have a, several years in prison and slavery, etc. Perhaps he gave up hope, but God had a plan for him, yeah? Um, I always think that uh, the greatest hindrance to God's plan is me and you, yeah? We're the ones who uh, try to help God, try to do something, and uh, it slows it down, but he gets there in the end, yeah? He wears us down until we're desperate for him to do something and let him do what he wants to do, rather than what we think he'd like us to do, yeah? And I, I wondered um, about Joseph when he was... Uh, he was sold into slavery into Potiphar's house, yeah? And he did really well, didn't he? You know, it said God gave him favour and he became sort of the head of the house there, yeah? And I wonder if he thought, well, Lord, this wasn't what I was expecting, but maybe this was what you meant in my life, yeah? I'm liked by the, the boss, Potiphar. Even his wife seems to like me. Maybe this is all you want for my life. But it wasn't, was it? And God had to disrupt his life and it went down again, yeah? We mustn't lose sight of God's plan in our life, yeah? Mustn't accept a, a something that's not what he wants to do, yeah? We must allow God to continue to change us and develop us, even if it means we've gone down before we go up again, before we go down, before we go up again, yeah? Um, I, I like the story of Joseph because it's such a nice story, but it's an illustration, yeah? It's a good illustration, yeah? And I, I like practical things rather than just theoretical things, because it's nice to see something in the person's life and think, well, that's how God works, because you get to know how God works, yeah? Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes at work, you have all these sort of uh, scenarios you have to do as part of your training, yeah? You go on these away days, and you have all these made-up scenarios, yeah? I always found it really hard to benefit from them, because they were made up. Yeah, they weren't real life. They weren't something I could get my mind around. I remember we had this, what they call a tabletop disaster scenario planning, yeah? And it was quite a serious disaster if it happened to us. You know, something happened in the street outside, a, fire, a petrol tanker caught fire and all the petrol <laughs> spreading to our building and there was smoke and people injured. But there we were sitting very calmly in two rooms talking about it and it didn't seem real to me, yeah? We wouldn't have been calm and talking about it if that had happened. We'd be uh, at our wit's end and concerned about things. So I always like things that are practical rather than theoretical, yeah? Yeah. It's the same with my walk with God, yeah? It's very good to hear read the Bible. It's very good to hear somebody speak about the Bible. But you want something that's real to you. Something that you can walk rather than just the talk, yeah? And it, unless it is an experience, yeah? It's not going to be getting the right space. We need to experience these things and not just hear them, yeah? We need to get it in, in us so that it changes our lives, yeah? Um, we say that, 
and I know there's lots of people here who are experiencing that with God at the moment. You know, there's ups and downs in our life. And we've got something in our lives at the moment we are struggling with. Yeah. A lot of our lives revolves around Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it, Leo? Revolves around Hannah. And we're struggling at the moment because we thought God had sorted out our support for Hannah. But there's a few things gone backwards, yeah? And we're struggling with it because it doesn't seem it's going the right way. But when it started to happen, Karen said, you know, this is God shaking us up a bit and getting us ready for the next bit, yeah? yeah. And Karen has been remarkably at peace about, about this all through this. There's several things happened, and I can't believe how at peace she must be, yeah? It's got to be God because Karen wouldn't be at peace if it wasn't, yeah? We, we, have a, we have a very traditional marriage. We have a very traditional marriage, yeah? Karen's good at some things and doesn't. I'm good at other things and do them, yeah? So Karen's an excellent cook, so I don't need to do it, which is really handy because I don't cook. <laughs> so that's a blessing. Karen thinks I'm excellent at doing all the paperwork. I think she doesn't like doing paperwork, so she balances me up and tells me I'm excellent. But that's how we are. And... I do worry a bit, but Karen's a much better worrier than me. So I let her worry about things, yeah? And I can leave that to her, yeah? But this way, it hasn't been like that. She's not been worried, yeah? Now, we are concerned about how things are going to go, but we're at peace about it because we know that God's got a plan for us, yeah? And sometimes he has to disrupt us out of our comfort zone before he can get to where we want to be. So we're believing in that, yeah? I haven't got a clue what's going to happen. We talked to the director and we came away a bit mystified by what he told us. There doesn't seem to be anything there, but we've got to realise we've got to look to God rather than people, yeah? He's got a plan for Hannah's life, yeah? We've just got to fall into line with that, yeah? Um, as you know, I, I like to uh, speak about things I see, yeah? And so I've talked to you about my garden quite a lot of time, and I'm sorry I'm going to talk to you about it again, because... <laughs> I've been out there quite a lot watering these last few weeks, yeah? Every night out there watering, like many of you, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah? It's a bit parched out there. So I'm, I've been out there and, uh, you know, God has shown me a few things, yeah? Um, I had to replace a fence earlier this year, and I decided not to put a fence up, I decided to put a hedge, yeah? Because it looked much nice. So there I was in February, in the snow, putting my hedge in. And I thought afterwards, when we had all that rain, a fantastic time to plant a hedge this year, yeah? And it was, it grew ever so high and ever so quick. And then all of a sudden, there's no rain. <laughs> so I'm working really hard to keep it, yeah? And uh, if it had been two or three years old, it would probably have been okay, but it's not established, yeah? And it's therefore struggling, and uh, it's lost a few leaves, and a few have gone brown, and I'm really concerned about it, yeah? But it got me thinking about um, our spiritual lives, yeah? And that we need... We don't just need uh, good ground, do we? We don't just need water. We need the light of God in our lives, yeah? And at the moment, it appears in the garden there's too much sunshine coming down, yeah? But we need a balance about it, yeah? Um, if these plants are not established, they're going to struggle, aren't they? Yeah? And it's like that in us, yeah? If we're not established in good, when something happens, it's, we're going to struggle. But we don't need to give up. We just need to go deeper into that relationship with God, yeah? In the ground, there is water in the ground if, you, if the roots grow far enough. And the plants that have been around for a few years, they look really well because they've got their roots deep down and they're getting that water. The new ones haven't got that far, yeah? And therefore they're struggling. And that's why they need some help. 
So I thought we'd read a bit about uh, God's, uh, God being a gardener in the, the things in our life. And we're going to read from Matthew 13, verse 3. So Matthew 13, verse 3. He told them many things in parables, saying, Listen carefully, a sower went out to sow seed in his field. And as he sowed, some seed fell beside the way, road between the fields, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and at once they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. A bit like my hedge at the moment. Other seeds fell among thorns, and thorns came up and choked them. Other seed fell on the good soil and yielded grain. Some a hundred times, much as was sown, some sixty times as much, and some thirty. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear and hear the words. And then Jesus goes and explains a bit more in verse 18. Listen to the meaning of the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of kingdom regarding salvation and does not understand and grasp it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom the seed was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and at once welcomes it with joy. Yet he has no substantial root in himself, but is only temporary. And when pressure or persecution comes before the, because of the word, immediately he stumbles and falls away, abandoning the one who is the source of salvation. And the one on whom the seed was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the words. But the worries and distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and delight of riches choke the word, and it yields no fruit. And the one on whom the seed was sown and the good soul, this is the one who hears the word and understands and grasps it. He indeed bears fruit and yields sometimes a hundred, as much as was sown, sometimes sixty, times as much, and sometimes thirty. I like to think that God doesn't just sow once into people's life for salvation, yeah? He's doing it regularly, yeah? He uses us because he talks about us being the sowers, doesn't he? He uses people. And God doesn't just give up if it doesn't work. What he does is he continues to prepare the ground, yeah? Because the ground in this is the important thing, yeah? He gets rid of the stones. He gets rid of the weeds, etc. So when the next seed is sown, maybe it'll work. But if it doesn't, he'll keep sowing and he'll keep sowing, yeah? In another place, in Paul says that uh, many, some sow, some water, some reap, but God gives us the increase. Yeah? We've got to keep sowing into people's lives. Yeah? We mustn't look at what they look like and whether they've gone away or they're, they're not interested, just keep sowing. God is always preparing the ground, yeah? and one day that seed's going to take. You may think, oh, it's taken, and then it, as it says here, it, you know, the sun comes up, there's no, keep sowing the seed. Yeah? God's got a, God doesn't give up. We shouldn't give up with people, should he? Yeah? He just needs to prepare the ground. Yeah? We don't have to prepare the ground. It doesn't say we prepare the ground. That's God's job. Yeah? Um, I, it talks about salvation, but I also think you know, what God talks about is also true in our lives. Yeah? God is sowing things into our lives, even when we're saved. Some of those we don't take, do we? Some of them we're hard against it. We don't want that, Lord. That's not what I want. That's not what I'm expecting from you. Yeah? Sometimes we're busy and the weeds choke it out. Yeah? Karen and me were talking about the spirit of busyness. I think we've all got that sometimes. We don't give God time for things he gives us. Yeah? But God keeps sowing in our lives. And he keeps preparing the ground. Gets rid of it until we're really hungry for that seed. Yeah?
always be prepared, yeah? Just because it's not what we want, what you want, just accept it, because what God's got planned for our life is really good. Really good. Um, we talk about, um, in that thing, you know, some sow, some water, some reap, but the one important thing that's not there is sunshine. You need sunshine, yeah? And uh, in the Bible, I think the light of our, the world is Jesus, isn't it? And that's what we need as much as all these other things. We need Jesus in our life, yeah? So should we read about the light of the world? This is John 1, verse 1. And I'm sure you all remember the first bit. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence with him, through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in, on in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it and is unreceptive to it. There came a man commissioned and sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe in Christ the light through him. John was not the light, but came to testify about the light. There it was, the true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. And if we carry on, I think this, is a, this is John 3, verse 16, a well-known passage. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his own one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes and trusts in him as Saviour shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as a personal Saviour and Lord is not judged, for this one there is judge, no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as a personal saviour and lord is judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of God. The one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, the only one who alone can save him. This is the judgment that is, the cause of indictment, the test by which people are judged, the basis of the sentence. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. For every wrongdoer hates the light and does not come to the light, but shrinks, shrinks from it, for fear that his sins' worthless activities will be exposed and condemned. But whoever practices truth and does what is right, morally, ethically, spiritually, comes to the light, so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are accomplished in God, divinely prompted, done with God's help, in dependence on him. With plants, it's really important they have light, yeah. It drives their growing and uh, makes them green and does that thing. But um, I've noticed the plants around the hedge, the, the hedge where I had to take the fence down, they're growing much better this year, or they were until they got a bit hot. And um, I realised that uh, in the morning, one side of the fence had the sunshine. In the afternoon, when it went the other side, they were in the shade of the, the, the fence. And the, the ones that were in the shade in the morning, only had the sun in the afternoon. But now the, the, the fence is gone, they have sunshine all day long. And they're growing taller, 
towards the light. They're growing better. And I was thinking, in our lives, do we have areas of shade? Yeah. Have we got shaded things like that fence that is uh, keeping the sun, sunlight from God out of our life? It talks about we all like to hide things, don't it? It talks about we are uh, by nature, we want to hide in the darkness. Yeah? We don't want to be exposed to the, the light of God. And I just wondered whether there's things in my life that perhaps I don't even realise that are shading what God wants me to do. And I'm not reaching my, you know, what God wants to reach because I'm impacted by that. Yeah? Um, in another part of a garden, we have a nice Acer tree, you know, one of those sort of Japanese trees that's very nice leaves. But unfortunately, it's, it's right underneath a yew tree, yeah? a very tall, big yew tree, much bigger. Yeah? And the Acer tree has grown at 45 degrees because the light is not coming down, it is seeing the light over there. Yeah? And because of that big shade, yeah, it's growing at 45 degrees. Yeah? Are we similarly distorted by things in our lives that we're not growing straight up, we're growing at an angle? Yeah? Are there things in our life like that yew tree which is taking all of the, the sunlight from us and we're having to go over there? Yeah? It's taking the nutrients from the soil, it's taking the water. It's an enormous thing, this yew tree. And this poor little acer tree, which is a lovely tree, I don't know why somebody would plant it right next to that tree, but there we are. But uh, it's not that old. And I, I was thinking, we must be conscious of these things in our lives. There's things in our lives which perhaps start small, grow, 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 and suddenly they're shading us, yeah? We just need to think about those and say, I don't want to be in the shade, I want to be in the full glare of God's glory. Um, should we read again from John, 1 John? One five. 1 John 1 verse 5 This is the message of God's promised revelation which we have heard from him and now announce to you that God is light, he is holy, his message is truthful, he is perfect in righteousness and in him there is no darkness at all no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. He is with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sin by erasing the stain, by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all forms and manifestations. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude ourselves and the truth is not in us. His word does not live in our lives. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us, continually from unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. If we say that we have not sinned, refusing to admit acts of sin, we make him out to be a liar by contradicting him, and his word is not in us. We have to be honest with ourselves about things in our lives, don't we? Um, God can see everything. Yeah, we may think he doesn't know about things, but unfortunately God sees everything and knows everything. No matter what we think, he knows it all, yeah? You have to be honest with it, yeah? I always think the good thing about God is when you're saved, he doesn't tell you about all your faults and all the things he's going to change because it would be a bit daunting if you realise just what you've got to go through. And he does it gradually. He doesn't do it all at once because we couldn't cope. But there's always something God's saying... Are you ready for the next thing? Yeah, and we go, there can't be any more, Lord. There can't be. Now, I'm choosing Alan and Shirley because they are older than us. Yeah. 
they're not old, they're older than us. Is that right? Is that, yeah. But they've been saved probably nearly 70 years. Yeah. 70 years, yeah. And I know they would say every day God is challenging them. Yeah. Mum is nodding. I think she's looking at my dad. <laughs> and saying, please, Lord, yes, keep, keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> but it's true. Even though you've been saved 70 years, yeah, there's still more for God to do, yeah? So those of you who've been saved just a few years, you've got a long way to go, yeah? yeah. But they're not complaining about it, yeah? They look back and think, thank you, God, for doing it, yeah? But it's still hard to give up the next bit, isn't it? It's still hard, yeah? It doesn't get any easier. It gets just as hard because God is always looking for something you can... This is, this is hindering you. This is shading your life. Yeah. When I walk around my garden with me, I don't use the hose pipe. I use a watering can at the moment. But uh, you can tell the plants that are needing a water. Yeah. They don't look well. Yeah. They don't look as shiny and uh, some of their leaves are falling off or they're drooping a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few drooping people. Um, <laughs> Their, their roots are not established. They need water. The other plants look fine, but gradually they'll, they'll be tested by this hot weather. If it carries on much longer, I don't know what will be left. But you can tell, yeah. They shed leaves. Yeah, they get rid of some of the leaves because they can't, can't um, continue to uh, water those, so they get rid of leaves, yeah. And they cut, shut down and shut down and shut down. But they're still going, yeah. I think that's like, true with God's life, like in our life. It's a hard light to live in, isn't it? It's a bit like this sunshine. It dries up everything, yeah? It tests you out. It tests you. Have you gone deep in us? Have you gone to the water that I've given you down below, yeah? It's not, it's not an easy thing, yeah? If we think it's easy, yeah? God's going to expose us, and it's tough there. It's like those plants that are having a tough time. But God's a good gardener, and he'll, he'll keep to watering us. But you have to be careful not to water too much because otherwise the roots don't go down. Yeah, they're just at the top expecting to be watered. So God's going to give you a testing time to say, go a little deeper, go a little deeper. Um, I just want to encourage you, yeah? If you're having a bit of a tough time at the moment, God didn't say you won't have tough times, yeah? But God said he'll be, be with you through the tough times, yeah? God's got a plan for your life. He hasn't shared it with us, has he? It'd be nice to know where we... It'd be nice to know where we're going, yeah. But we do know where we're going, but it'd be nice to know where we're going in our life. But we know one thing is God is good, yeah. And the plans he has for our life are good, yeah. So if you're feeling a bit down, just be encouraged, yeah. Just think about Joseph's story, how he went up and down, but God lifted him up in the end, yeah. And he's going to do the same for each one of us, yeah. So just be encouraged by that. Have a little drink of water today here, get some water in and improve your relationship with God because that's what it's all about, a relationship with God. Amen.